Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the 4.30 breakout session. I'm uh, Timothy Arnott from Paradise, California. I see some uh, friends from Paradise here. So uh, I'm in private practice, family medicine. And uh, we're going to spend a few moments this afternoon talking about marijuana. <laughs> I must say that uh, came as quite a shock when I was asked to present on marijuana. It's not exactly the, uh, <laughs> the topic that uh, I would have expected that uh, the Amen leadership would want someone to talk about. And in fact, when I first got word that this was something they wanted me to do, I, I was quite taken back. Wondered if I was in the right organization. <laughs> but I've learned quite a bit since then. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is that the leadership of Amen are very spiritual people and deeply devoted to God and very much in tune with him. So uh, it's been a journey, <laughs> but I have come to that conclusion through this journey. And I want to start out uh, this afternoon by telling a story. It's uh, a story that only an infinite God could put together. It's a story about a patient named Love, a drug called marijuana, children who want very much to have their own dog, and a physician who wants very much to get back into lifestyle medicine. And how a God of love could put all of that together into one package is the story. <coughs> so the story starts probably about nine months ago. I had a patient by the name of Love who came to me, quite frankly, because she wanted to get her driver's license back. She had a chronic pain condition. She had been treating it with, what do you think? Marijuana, medical marijuana. Both she and her husband. I don't think he had a chronic pain, but. <laughs> but they were both involved in medical marijuana. And uh, in the process of using marijuana, she had had a complication <laughs> that I had never heard about. She had had a seizure. And so she went to a neurologist in town, one that is noted for taking people's license away. And maybe that was a good thing, actually. And so her license was taken away, and she came to me, I learned later, to get that license back. But in the process of talking with her, we came to the conclusion that probably it was in her best interest if she gave up her favorite new medication, marijuana. And uh, just, before I arrived, just before I came and left the, uh, the office this week, I have to tell you that she just got her license back and no longer using medical marijuana. I didn't think much of that visit, but it was interesting. At that visit, her husband came along, and uh, he brought the family dog into the office. You understand, this is family medicine that we practice. <laughs> and so uh, he happened to have a Portuguese water dog. 
of some fame, I guess. And uh, my children just happened to be in the office when he came, he and his wife. And they uh, fell in love with this dog. And so they were playing with this dog and enjoying this dog and deepening their interest in getting their own dog <laughs> while I was trying to take care of this patient. Well, some days passed, and I'll have to back up and tell you that ever since I left the Lifestyle Center of America, I've been wanting to do something. What do you think that might be? Get back into lifestyle medicine, yes. And so we had been praying about it. I actually thought I was going to Paradise to do that very thing, start a, uh, a lifestyle center in the old Feather River Hospital sanitarium, which was an actual sanitarium, complete with organic gardening and hydrotherapy and no drug medications many years ago. And so my dream was to take it right back to where it started. The uh, rural health clinic was moving, about to move out as we arrived, and they have moved out. But it never quite transpired the way I had expected. They went the direction of outpatient lifestyle medicine and are doing a good job with that. But my heart was, was in inpatient lifestyle medicine. And so I had been praying about that because if you've done lifestyle medicine and you're back in allopathic medicine, well, you are, what do you think? Frustrated. <laughs> and so um, several days after these individuals had presented to the office, we got a call. And uh, a, the call was from a lady Mrs. Love, who was calling to tell us that she thought she knew where we could get a family dog. And so uh, she told us about this place up in Megalia, just above Paradise. And so that afternoon, my wife and I set out on a journey to find some dogs, some pets for my children. Now. Uh, if you've been to Megalia, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a backward community. There's a lot of rough people up there, and I was expecting kind of an old dilapidated trailer and, and maybe a kind of a scary situation. But uh, as we found our way off the, the main road and wound up the, the, uh, the dirt road there, we suddenly found ourselves in front of a most incredible facility. And the first thing I saw, or thought when I saw this was, wow, this would make a perfect, what do you think? Lifestyle. Lifestyle center. I mean, it was just made to order. And uh, so we got out, we went up to the door, and sure enough, there were some dogs hanging around the front door. And apparently what had happened was uh, the lady that lived there, about two dogs, uh, stray dogs, had wandered up and presented themselves at her front porch. And uh, so she, being a very kind lady, didn't want to send the pound after them. And so she... Uh, told her friend, Mrs. Love, at the church where they both were members, that she had these dogs. And so Mrs. Love, when she heard that, thought of my children and called our office and said, there's an opportunity here. Take advantage of it. Well, I have to tell you that we... Uh, didn't move forward with the, the dogs, but we did move forward with touring this facility because we decided that something bigger than the dogs was happening here.
Now, I will say that the children did get their dog, so don't be too concerned about that. <laughs> it was a whole lot more expensive than it would have been to take those two dogs home. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it does illustrate the point, though, that God is interested in our children. And he has structured this story in such a way that they are included. And in fact, if it wasn't their interest in a dog, we would have never found this place, or it would have been a whole lot different. So we toured this facility, and uh, you know, I'll just say a few things about it. But uh, you know, I have always wanted to play the pipe organ and never really got a chance. If you don't learn how to learn, if you don't learn your musical instrument in college, you're definitely not going to learn it in medical school or residency or practice. Well, this facility, this house, this home, about 10,000 square feet in all, was built around a pipe organ. And the center of the home is actually a, a beautiful, you might say, wood lecture area with full screen. And, but it has a, a beautiful hand-constructed pipe organ right there. And uh, the gentleman that built this place also built the pipe organ and plays it by ear. And uh, he uh, played that pipe organ for us, played the doxology. And then he played uh, another song, which just happened to be my favorite, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I'll tell you. Um, it was quite a moving experience to see God at work meeting many needs all at once. And um, so we have continued to uh, pursue this dream. It's uh, not in the bag yet. But we have moved forward. And uh, I hope by this time next year, we will be able to report to you that we are starting to uh, begin in earnest a small rural lifestyle center in a facility that only God could have put together. And it would never have happened it hadn't been for marijuana. <laughs> now I have to tell you, marijuana is not something that's been on my radar screen. I don't think about it. But God is thinking about it. And if you're if you want to know what his thoughts are, I believe we have a precedent for his thoughts in the book Ministry of Healing in a chapter called, what do you think it's called? Liquor Traffic and Prohibition. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the chapter, Liquor Traffic, and prohibition. But there are some pretty strong statements in there. And uh, as I have talked to people who've used marijuana, as I treated this lady who was using marijuana, as I have studied about marijuana, I've discovered that most people are not using marijuana and probably never will. But there are, there are several groups, several minority groups, who are quite vulnerable 
to marijuana. Not the least of which are adolescents in our public high schools. Our college age youth, those who suffer from psychiatric conditions, and those who are already using alcohol and tobacco, perhaps in excess. And there are some other groups, but these groups are vulnerable. And as I've been looking at this whole subject, it's, I've, I've come to the conclusion that God is interested in protecting those individuals. That he sees how vulnerable they are. And I believe that I'm standing before you today because we are at a moment in time. Because on November 2, this state, which has led 13 other states to adopt medical marijuana laws, is poised to open wide the floodgates and approve marijuana for public use, just like alcohol. And if this state moves in that direction, guess what? Other states will follow. And again, you know, before I read liquor traffic and prohibition and talked to some individuals who had used this substance, Frankly, I didn't really know what the big deal was. But I'm beginning to discover that God sees how vulnerable people are in these minority groups. And he's calling on his people to protect them. Now, it's a little late to do, frankly, what the other side has been doing. If you look at the other side, they are, they are, to be very honest, putting us to shame. Because they have been working very hard, putting huge money into this. Time, effort, talent, research, and they are poised to succeed. In fact, the only thing that will keep them from succeeding is intercessory prayer and it's not too late and so uh, frankly I believe that's why we're talking about marijuana to alert God's people to their knees because God can defeat this in spite of our <laughs> a lack of doing much I certainly haven't been laboring against marijuana, I have to tell you. Well, we'll spend a few moments talking about this, this herb. Now we know that uh, certainly God has created herbs for the service of man. He tells us that in Psalms. And one has to wonder, this is a, a green. <laughs> and uh, certainly God made the plant. And so what about marijuana? What are some of the, the truths about this particular substance? Well, as we mentioned earlier, a number of people are using this substance. Nearly half of high school seniors have used marijuana at least once. So it is, it's, a, it's a drug that people use because it doesn't seem very dangerous, 
seems fairly mild, fairly, fairly benign, which frankly is what makes it most dangerous. Is it's hard to pin down some of the, it's kind of like caffeine. It's, it has, there's an addiction there, but it's so mild and subtle, it's difficult to argue against it. But it's that way by design. The substance that uh, brings the high is delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. This moves to the liver. The liver puts a hydroxyl group at the 11 position. And that substance is about three times more potent in its effect than the parent chemical. But this is the substance that produces the euphoria and the relaxation and the forget all your troubles effect that is gripping so many. And you cannot get that effect by taking Marinol, the prescription form. So Marinol is not acceptable substitute if you're looking for a high. Currently, the only way you're going to get this substance, THC, in a, in a form that will give you that high is to what? To smoke it. And so the, uh, you know, the scientists that look at this are very clear that the method of getting THC is dangerous. It's dangerous to your health. There's no question. Because of the smoking effects, which are every bit as bad and worse than tobacco smoking, as we'll discover. But that's the only way that you can get the high. And uh, since we'll probably run out of time before I finish these slides, I would like to say that The adversary knows how important our frontal lobe is. It is our greatest weapon against him. And it's our greatest weapon against the two primary, most potent appetites and drives that we have as human beings. And what are those two? Food and sex. That's exactly right. And if our frontal lobe is weakened, our interest in those two things, what? Shoots up. And the devil knows this. And every drug of abuse hits our frontal lobe. Alcohol is a major one, as we all know. But I'm discovering that so is THC, so is marijuana. Because those who use this tell me that as soon as you smoke a joint, in fact, um, part of the talk is the effect on society. But this individual noticed a change in their significant other, their boyfriend, after smoking a joint, both of them. He would change his demeanor toward, who do you think? Toward other women. And he would, he would suddenly become what? flirtatious, so much so that they began fighting. 
and eventually broke up. Because when the man would take in this substance, the frontal lobe would be suppressed and the interest in sexual activity would shoot up. And of course, marring the sanctity of the relationship. Furthermore, the other interest that we mentioned would also shoot up. In fact, as you know, we give Marinol for what? Appetite enhancement, which is, I guess, fine if you're on the death's door as a cancer patient or frail elderly individual. But if you're an adolescent or a college student or who knows who else, what's the last thing that you would like weakened if you are striving for the kingdom? I don't know about you, but appetite control is not one of my strengths. And I can tell you that I wouldn't need any help from marijuana to worsen things. It's all I can do to follow the Spirit's leading with all of the neurons that I have. But the devil is about weakening our strongest and most powerful tool against the two most potent appetites and drives that we have. That's what this is all about. It's about an enemy seeking to take out even more people from an eternity. So the other side has uh, discovered that if you can make a case for medical use, you've got a entering wedge. <laughs> and it's happening right in front of our very eyes. Because quite frankly, the medical benefits of marijuana are fairly meager. They have, we have better drugs to treat nausea than marijuana. We have much better drugs to treat pain than marijuana. And we already have the drug to treat poor appetite. We don't need to legalize marijuana to get Marinol. We've got Marinol. I prescribe it. <laughs> so that whole business, frankly, is foolishness. But it's working. And it has uh, 13 states deceived and on board. If passed, this initiative would legalize marijuana in California and allow local governments to tax and regulate the sale, which brings in another pivotal argument that's being used. And that is what? Money. Is anybody in need of money in California? But only if you have the spirit of prophecy, well, not only, but especially, do you understand that drugs of abuse don't make anyone any money? Except, of course, those that are selling it. As far as the state is concerned, they're going to pay big time. They just don't know it. But we do. Now, there are uh, agencies out there who uh, think tanks, if you will, who don't have the spirit of prophecy who believe that legalizing drugs would save $41 billion every year. 
little closer to home. Before I move on, I would just say that a report just came out showing that the use of tobacco costs our U.S. economy $301 billion every year. By the way, the top three drugs of abuse are nicotine, alcohol, and marijuana. Drug legalization would yield tax revenue of just under $50 billion a year. Now notice what uh, A certain lady has to say about such things. Speaking of alcohol, she writes in Ministry of Healing 444, considering only the financial aspect of the question, what folly it is to tolerate such a business. In our own National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, in its most recent report, estimated that the economic costs of alcohol abuse are $184.6 billion every year. That was in 1998. This chapter on liquor traffic and prohibition points out that all of us should be concerned about the legalization of these drugs because we are all affected. On the highway, it's on and on and on. And she says, for that reason, she says, for the honor of God, the stability of the nation, the well-being of the community, of the home, of the individual, demand is the word that's used, that every possible effort be made in arousing the people to the evil of intemperance. So if you have a patient that has poor appetite, there are a few out there. Marinol's on the market. THC provides only moderate control of nausea, 13% of patients, as compared to drugs that are already available, which, complete, which achieved complete control of nausea in almost 50% of patients. So again, not very effective in its medical uses, not really needed, not all that helpful. You care to learn more? Don't read the summaries, but read the actual report. If you read the summaries, you get the idea that the government is trying to encourage <laughs> this experiment in marijuana. Yeah, let's check this out. There might be something here. What they're basically saying is marijuana has some interesting chemicals that could be, we could add to our pharmaceutical armamentarium. But they also are quick to say, but don't smoke it. That is not in your best interest. But they're saying, because we don't have these other chemicals at this time, it's probably going to be OK to let people smoke it for now. That's the gist of this report. But it does detail a lot of important information. It documents the damage that uh, marijuana does to the what? Cognitive, Cognitive functions, the motor coordination, suppression of the immune system, and damage to the reproductive system. There's really only two receptors for, for THC. One is, fills the brain, and the other is primarily on the immune system. So with one substance, the adversary has attacked two of our most critical organs, the brain and the immune system. 
not to mention the reproductive system. And uh, the receptors for wh to which uh, THC binds are found all throughout the body, much more prevalent than the mu receptors of the op opioid system. Nobody really understands why those receptors are there, but they believe that they're a, a modulating system. They're linked to G proteins. They affect cyclic AMP, and they're, they're everywhere. And so there's, they're, in, they're in invertebrates as well as vertebrates. And so it's a very important system for modulating different processes in the body. As all drugs of abuse, marijuana raises dopamine. Raises it in the uh, nucleus cumens area. And these, again, these, these uh, type 1 receptors are densely found in the frontal lobe. So the adversary found a, he found a way to put in a plant chemicals that would hit us in our strongest area of defense, the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is full of these receptors. Now, one of the most important things that happens when you smoke a joint is you lose your short-term memory. In fact, marijuana users, in this case adolescent, demonstrated poorer verbal learning, poorer verbal working memory, poor attention accuracy compared to controls. You cannot maintain attention on a task after you use marijuana. You are distractible in a major way. And in fact, from what they're telling me as I read this material, people who have, who have just smoked a joint cannot even carry on an intelligent conversation because they can't remember what they just said a few moments before. It's almost like a, a hit to the memory systems of the body. Marijuana disrupted both sustained and transient attention processes, resulting in an impaired memory task performance. So if someone asks you to do something, you just can't do it. Because your, your ability to hear directions and follow them are significantly impaired. Now another area that's affected, as we mentioned, is the immune system. And uh, individuals who smoke marijuana have a significant hit to some of their white blood cells. The ability of the alveolar macrophage to deal with such uh, organisms as fungus, candida, bacteria, staph, and even tumor cells is significantly impaired. In fact, uh, what they've discovered is after people who smoke marijuana habitually, they have a, an apparent inability of these alveolar macrophages to fight these infectious agents and to release the, uh, the inflammatory cytokines, the, the uh, immune suppressant side is not affected, but the, the inflammatory side of the immune system is affected. And so you have a general depression in the immune function. Lymphocytes, including T cells, are inhibited from proliferating by THC, and B cells, which produce antibodies, are often inhibited from being active by the THC. Another area where there are, are lots and lots of these uh, receptors are in the cerebellum. 
And so after smoking a, a joint, you have difficulty coordinating your movements. You have uh, sway. You can't really maintain your, your postural muscles adequately and properly. Psychomotor functions shown to be disrupted, body sway, hand steadiness, rotary pursuit, driving and flying simulation, divided attention, sustained attention. All of these things are adversely affected by the use of marijuana. When it comes to uh, just the smoking issues, the, uh, the amount of tar that comes in from a marijuana cigarette is up to four times the amount of tar that comes in through a regular tobacco cigarette. So you don't have the filters uh, and the, there's a difference in the, the material itself. There is a, a lot of cellular and molecular studies that that show that this substance, marijuana smoke, is carcinogenic and damages the, uh, the cells. Reports indicate an unexpectedly large proportion of marijuana users among people with cancers of several different areas before the age of 45. And as well, it uh, hits the reproductive function reduces the, uh, the LH, so you have lower levels of testosterone and, and estrogen. So it affects the reproductive system adversely as well. One of the things they said, just point blank in the report, is that no one under the influence of marijuana or TS THC should drive a vehicle or operate potentially dangerous equipment. So it's not something you'd want your pilot using before he took off. And uh, <laughs> study of experienced airline pilots show that even 24 hours after smoking a single marijuana cigarette, their performance on flight simulator tests were impaired. They didn't think they would be. But the testing showed otherwise. And again, here's this statement. This is right out of the report. The influence of marijuana is such that even carrying on an intelligible conversation is difficult because you just can't remember what you said a few minutes before. There are, there's a lot of information about apathy, decreased interest in succeeding, working hard, studying. Some of that is, is indeed the case. Frankly, a lot of the research is sketchy. And, uh, but certainly, uh, your motivation is going to change, and it's not going to improve. Now, at this point, we want to talk just briefly about some of the alternatives. Because when it comes to pain, you know, the Lord has a whole different way of doing things. Simple, simple, simple. Nothing that brings anyone any prestige. Simple hydrotherapy, massage, ice massage paraffin treatment, hot foot baths, hot and cold fomentations, whirlpool, cold compresses, contrast showers, aerobic exercise. There are some herbs that modulate or improve pain to some degree. White willow bark, sage, glucosamine supplement, evening primrose oil, cod liver oil, Elimination diets, vitamin D2, D3, drinking water, 
things that can help with nausea, ginger, activated charcoal, and of course prayer. So there are divinely ordained alternatives for people suffering from chronic pain. And uh, we don't know a lot about it because frankly we don't do it anymore. But there are textbooks this thick out of places called Battle Creek that are just full of water therapies that with the Lord's blessing can bring supernatural re results and relief to pain and suffering. So there are alternatives and probably we as a people are closer to those than, than most others. So we have a privilege, an opportunity to delve into this deep, more deeply and uh, help individuals who are suffering. Now this is an important uh, statement because one might ask, well, it's a natural plant. What's the big problem? But through our uh, knowledge of the spirit of prophecy, we learned that every what? Noxious herb is of Satan's sowing. And by his ingenious methods of amalgamation, he has what? Corrupted. Most people don't, they don't know that. They have no idea that God's green herbs have been touched and tainted by a master chemist who knows, who is, has an intimate knowledge of human physiology and knows exactly where the receptors are that he needs to hit. And he knows whether to hit them weakly, like caffeine, increasing your adenosine, or not, I mean, affecting your adenosine receptors. It's interesting that after you smoke a joint, your tongue is loosed and you start chattering away. The same thing happens, according to the spirit of prophecy, after you use caffeine. Because both put a break on the frontal lobe. And with the break gone, our real self pours out. Have mercy. That's just exactly what the devil's after. And so this is the kind of information that needs to get out to the people. And one final slide. He, who's he? Jesus refused it. What did he refuse? A substance to deaden his sense of pain. He refused it because he wanted nothing that would what? That would hit the frontal lobe adversely. Why? Because his faith needed a what? A fast hold upon God. This was his only strength. To becloud his frontal lobe would give who? Satan an advantage. We are poised in this state to give Satan a huge advantage over the most vulnerable, the weakest among us. And so I believe that the only reason I'm standing before you here is so that we could take a few moments and pair up with another one or two individuals and intercede to our Father so that he can do what he wants to do on November 2. Before we do that, do we have any questions?
Is there anything we can give patients who are trying to come off of marijuana? Well, that's a very important question. Uh, I mean, I would say that as a people, we need places where these individuals can go to detox. And uh, perhaps not all of them are that, that bad, that they need that level of care, but the need is out there. Um, I'll be honest, I, uh, I don't have enough experience with marijuana and individuals using it that I would really know what their level of need is. Um, someone else may have some thoughts, but I know that if there's a need, God will be able to supply it. <laughs> he promises that. So um, I would hope that individuals could come to a small lifestyle center, such as the one that, that we're trying to open, and that that could be part of their their therapy because we know that nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, abstemiousness, uh, fresh air, rest, trust in divine power, those are God's doctors to handle any, any issue. So uh, any other questions? The question is whether taking it in a chewable form is, uh, has any relationship to the smoked form. My understanding is you're not going to get, you might, you might expose yourself to some effect, but it's, it's more like liquor and candy, I suppose. It's a taste, but it's not the experience. Okay, so did you all hear that? So you get a level of high, as I understand it, not the full experience, but you get a, a, a lower level euphoria or relaxation, sort of a, some of us are uh, phlegmatics, kind of just go through life, everything is a-okay, and Apparently this medicine kind of leads everybody down that, that same track. I mean, that's desirable, right? There is an attraction here. We have to be honest. But it comes at a heavy price. So from what he's saying, uh, it has a, an effect, but it's, it's weaker, but it lasts longer. That's one of the things about marijuana is that, you know, the, the effects last for a long time. It's not a... You know, one you don't you only need to smoke three or four joints a day to really get the full experience. It's not like you need to smoke a pack or two of cigarettes. Yes. So the, the suggestion is uh, give your, your patients information. And the, the two that were mentioned were the, the uh, health magazine put out by Amazing Facts and also the book Ministry of Healing. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't read Liquor Traffic and Prohibition in a while, you, sh you should read it. It really will help you understand where God is at on these issues. And of course, 
it's hard to be where he's at if we don't know, <laughs> haven't uh, experienced his thoughts. But uh, I don't think he would feel any different about marijuana than he does about alcohol. So even the world is, is waking up to the problems with marijuana. Of course, not everyone, but, but there are a lot of people concerned. I had a patient that, uh, that came to the office just recently who just volunteered concern about her family. Not, a Christ, not an Adventist, just, but marijuana was moving into her home and she did not like the results. And um, in fact, it was, it was such a, an, a moving encounter that, that we agreed that we would start praying together. And not, not together, but I mean, she in her home and me in my home, that the Lord would defeat this thing. So if there are any other questions, one more, yes. Well, certainly, I, I think uh, there's a lot of money at stake. And uh, there are powers in this world that, that see business booming. Once this one, it's going to be a domino effect. And um, they're in it for the money. And they're doing, they're doing a they're doing great work. <laughs> it's just the wrong work. Flowering plants are also highly reactive for our asthmatic patients. In our area, we live in Oroville, it's a big marijuana capital, and I've had so many patients in my office the last two weeks complaining that their asthmas, you know, that they were harvesting marijuana for the last few weeks. Anyway. The so the comment is a, a little bit different perspective, but uh, a lot of allergy sufferers might be adversely affected. Yeah, there's quite a tie-in between the use of marijuana and psychiatric conditions, uh, both directions. So it's, it's not going to help us in that area. And we're already, uh, we're already suffering from a, you know, a a paucity of providers in the area of psychiatry, <laughs> so we don't need any any uh, flood in that area. It's already difficult to get care for those people in the rural areas. So, well, let's let's uh, let's take time, for just a few moments, and, uh, and join up with some individual in uh, two or you know, one or two individuals, and let's let's have a, a session of prayer. This media was produced by Audioverse for Amen, Adventist Medical Evangelism Network.
If you would like to learn more about Amen, please visit www.amensda.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.